0: The Lord has really been speaking to me about going deeper. You know, we sing that, deeper still, right? And I actually, I received a word last week about, for the church, and and the the word was that your church is called to go deeper, to plant deeper roots. And this week, as I was praying for a message, the Lord put on my heart, the, the parable of the sower, right? We've all read the sower at least three times. If you've read the New Testament once, right? <laughs> maybe less, maybe more. But um, the parable is so—it it, just—it it, there's so much gold in it. And, and the more that you read it, the more you, I think—at least me—the more I read it. The more I, I feel like is revealed to me, right? Um, we need to go deeper. We need to become the good sower in, in, or the soil, and, and we're going to get into that. But Heidi Baker, who, whoever doesn't know, she's, she's an amazing woman and she, she's got a great ministry, but she always preaches, "Go deeper still. Go deeper still." And I think sometimes we, th- we think that we've gone deep enough, right? I think sometimes, you know, I, I picture like a beach that kind of, you've got the sand, you've got the water, and, and sometimes we get like ankle deep, and it feels pretty deep at the time, but we're actually called to go deeper still. And, and the parable of the sower, I really believe it is, is about going deep, going deep, becoming, having deep roots right because we are in this this world where there's very much a different force against us and that's what the parable of the sower is so we're just gonna i'm gonna start out so i'm gonna read it from luke so luke 8 4 through 8 while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to jesus from town after town he told this parable a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he scattered the seed, some fell on along the path it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because there's no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let him hear. So what does this mean? Thankfully, the, the disciples asked that same question. Like, it's funny because I'm like, the, when 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 the disciples ask a question, I go, how do you not know what that means? Like to me it was so clear, but I had read the parable many times. You know, I I tried to put myself in their shoes, right? Where where could you just imagine just, just all of a sudden Jesus comes up and just starts telling this parable about sowing seed and just sitting there and go, what the flip are you talking about, Jesus, right? What are you talking about? Tell me, like, maybe it's just me. So thankfully, praise God, his disciples asked him what it meant. So we get, we get, the, we get to hear the, the insight. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Say, secrets of the kingdom of God. Secrets of the kingdom of God. Has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. So the, the word knowing here, I'm going to get all nerdy. The word knowing here, it's from a Greek word called "gnosko." Okay? But the interesting thing about this, and and this is where it's kind of fun to do some word searches. And if you look at BlueLetterBible.com, you can search whatever word and figure out the Greek, and it's super. But it's about, it's about, it's not just knowing, right? It's about, it's about knowing. You know, I'm trying. So, so like, I could read about pain, right? I could read. Someone could describe pain to me, and I could read about it. And I could say, yeah, I know about pain. Or I could hit myself with a hammer and experience pain for reals, right? <laughs> then you really know pain, right? And, and, and that's what knowing means here. It's, it's not just about knowing, as in being educated, knowing in the mind. It's, it's, it's about knowing. Like it's about experiencing. It's about feeling. The Greek word includes feeling. You know, And Bill Johnson, I actually heard him say once that it, it, it's, it's, you have to experience it with all five senses. And, and so many times we, we get stuck on what's here, right? But, but Jesus wants us to know him, which means feeling him and experiencing him. So we can, we can read about something or you can experience it. It's interesting. You know, it's, it's where he says, though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. I struggled with that for a little bit. Because I'm like, well, doesn't Jesus want everyone to be saved? And he does. Right? Doesn't, why would he speak in parables and not be clear? and and I think back to when I got saved like I, I think I think about my life before Jesus and what I believed versus what I believe now right because I went 37 years of my life without believing in God like I was I was an atheist. Maybe not like an angry atheist. Like I, I come across angry atheists now. I, I share share my faith with someone. They like yell at me, and it doesn't happen often, but it does. So I wasn't like that. But I didn't believe, right? And so people could tell me anything. Anything that's in the Bible, they could tell me their experiences. Um, I think back now, and people were telling me about. Stories of, of healings and, and miracles and wonders and nothing, right? Because I could see, but I wasn't really seeing. Does that make sense? But then what happened was I, something in my heart changed, and I started to experience God in a real way. And, and it was something very simple as, as just a hunger started growing inside of me. But that hunger changed my heart. That hunger changed my heart so I could hear and I can see. I say this a lot. Like, what I believed before I got saved, what I believed was truth before I was saved, and lies switched when I got saved. So I look back now, and I realize like what I was believing was lies, right? And the, the lies that I thought were actually truth. Did I say that right? You guys get what I mean, right? But it's, it, it's interesting because in the Passion, translation, so Luke 8.10, he said, You have been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. But to those who don't have a listening heart, my words are merely stories. And I read that, I go, that's exactly how I was, right? Like, it was just merely stories. It was It was just whatever. Like, you do your thing, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm not going to believe that. But something happened, right? Something changed my heart. And what? realistically, and, and I've shared this here, when I got saved, a lot of my friends and family said, what happened to you, right? Everyone thought Daniel hit rock bottom or something happened or he almost died or there was always like, because you hear these stories of people that, that something crazy happens in their life and then they find God. And I'm like, well, no, nothing like that ever happened to me. Right? Nothing did. I just found God. But I realize I do have something in common. Because we do see a lot of people hit rock bottom or have a near-death experience or something happens where all of a sudden they find their faith. And what I realize is if someone hits rock bottom, they have nowhere else to turn. Right? So they plead out for the last thing. Like, if there's a God, I need your help right now. And I promise to be a good person. Maybe that's usually how it goes, right? I, I will give to the homeless, I promise. Right? And, and so, so, but what it is, is their heart, right? They, they go from having a non-listening heart to one that's opened up for God. Right? When, when you have a near-death experience you start to rethink your life, right? So your heart becomes open. It becomes a listening heart. And for me, that was the difference, was something inside of me sparked, and I started asking some tough questions, and I started seeking what I believed, and I positioned my heart to be a listening heart. So it, it, it's all... It's all very different situations, but what it, what it means is it's, it's aligning our hearts to receive the truth from the Father. There are times when I have a listening heart. There are times when I don't have a listening heart. Thanks, wife. <laughs> and, and I say that because I don't want to fool anyone here because so many times we think we got saved and we know Jesus and we know the truth and we could say that he died on the cross for us and we forgave us for our sins but sometimes our hearts stop listening and that's what this parable is about so Luke eight twelve. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe, believe and be saved. So 8, 13, verse 13. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. They hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. How many people know someone like that? How many people, how many people have experienced someone that one they they, they find God, they experience Him, maybe in a real way, and then the next day, or the next week, or the next month, you go, What happened? See, this was written a long time ago. But the same stuff happens today. And I'm gonna say because the devil still is doing the same things. Okay, so so I I'm, I go out there and I pray for people, right? And and I see people experience God in crazy ways. There was this guy, he had he had two deaf ears. I saw him, he had hearing aids, he couldn't understand me, he spoke with with you know uh, slur? slur, like he, right, he didn't have clear speech, right, it was, it was, it was clear that he had hearing issues, and, and it was something that his whole life, and I asked him about him, and, and make a long story short, I, I prayed for him, and he took out his hearing aids, and he could hear me, and he spoke to me without, uh, without, clearly, clearly. he spoke clearly, <laughs> I, I'm trying, there's a word, but. He spoke clearly, right? And, and it was great, and he rejoiced, and, and it was awesome. And I'm like, praise God, this guy's going to be saved. And the next day, he's like laid out high on drugs. And I think to myself, God, like, how can someone experience you in such a real way and just fall right back? He believed in the power of God. He, he experienced it. And you know, he had his hearing aids back in. But he he didn't have root. Right? Okay, verse 14. The seed fell among thorns, uh, strands from those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the worries of riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. I hate to admit it, but I think much of the church is stuck right there. We hear the word, and we know the word, but life in the world steals that from us. Maybe that's you in this room today. Maybe maybe you feel like you're, you're being choked out by the worries of the world, by stress. Right? There's times that I do, and if you say you don't, <laughs> it might, yeah. Maybe that's where you are right now, and maybe it's, it, it's where I am right now. But understand that, that it's, it's not new. It's not, it's not new to you. Because the devil, and that's what this parable says, is here to steal from us. Right? And, and, and I know I've preached this before, but I, I feel like I want to say it every single time Because I think that until it's ingrained in our head that where we recognize the works of the enemy, that we need to keep repeating it. Genesis, we're going back to the original sin, 3-1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the women, did God really say, you must not eat from the dead? tree in the garden. Everyone say, did God really say? say? They just heard this from God, don't eat from that tree. And then the serpent comes and starts whispering in their ear. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. But there's a lot of times when I feel like I hear those words, did God really say? Or is that really true? Or did she really get her ankle healed? Did Jesus really heal, heal her ankle? Maybe she just thought so, right? See, this is how the enemy deceives. He plants these things in your head to question what the Father has told us. Matthew 4.3. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Everyone say, if you're the Son of God. God. Remember, Jesus just heard the audible voice from God. Like, he went to John the Baptist. John baptized him. The Holy Spirit lands on him like a dove. They hear the audible voice of God. This is my son who I'm well pleased. Jesus goes into the wilderness and then the devil goes what? He question, he has this question, he puts those questions in our heads of what the Father says. God tells us a lot. Not just when we're praying, but in the Bible. Like the what's in the Bible, we don't need a question. Like, sometimes I feel like God speaks to me and I go, is that me or is that him? Right? Because sometimes it's me and sometimes it's him. But as I get closer to him, I start recognizing him more. That's my fault. Sorry. (laughs) Right? But when we're questioning what's in the Bible, because we're asking these questions, because these questions are the ones that are coming up in our heads. Does God still heal? Does God speak to us? Is God real? Does God love me? I don't feel worthy. Do you, doesn't this sound like the devil? See, these are these are the weeds and the thorns, and this is how the devil operates. And this is why... We need to be good soil. So when we're good soil, we recognize the works of the enemy. And we could be like Jesus and speak truth over those situations. I wrote, these are the shenanigans of the devil. I like that. Ah. Okay, eight fifteen. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is where we want to be, yeah. We want to hear the, the the word and we want to retain it. It's not just it's not just it's not just the Bible, or the Bible's the word of God. That's part of it. But, but Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is here. Right? That's the word. And that's what we need to understand. And we need to, 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 to go deep to understand these truths. We could produce a crop a hundred times. God's word is the seed, and we're the soil. I, I want to, going on to Luke eight seventeen through 18. For there is no, nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. So it's with that listening heart, right? Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they will have, will be taken from them. I've heard this this, this scripture preached as in other things, gifts, and but it's it's really about understanding and wisdom, right? The secrets of the kingdom of God. If we line our hearts with him, do you understand Like God wants to reveal everything to us? There's nothing he wants to hold as a secret. This this scripture came out of the parable with the lamp, right? We don't cover the lamp. The lamp is the secrets from heaven. That's the light, and he wants to reveal it all to us, but we need to have that listening heart. We need to be good soil. we can't let the the devil and his shenanigans I like that word can't let the devil and the sh- his shenanigans snuff out the word of God. am I making sense like the, i I'm preaching this to myself like look. <clears throat> When I came to faith, and, and and I share my stories because it's how I know God, right? And it's it's how I can relate. I had a pastor who would tell me, Daniel, you're really hot for God right now, and you're on fire, and that's great. But one of these days, you're going to crash. And I look back, and I'm like, man, that was jacked thing to say to someone right (laughs) that's like saying like if we use a apparently like someday you're gonna be snuffed out by the world and worries and and be ready for that that snuffing right but you know what's funny is i told him i go no pastor i'm gonna go glory to glory and it caused me to every day i prayed because i all of a sudden i had this fear of crashing and I was on this high with God and I was experiencing Him and I was hearing Him and I was seeing miracles. And I was like, I don't ever want to crash. And so I would pray, right? How many of you like have the standard things you pray for every single day? No one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was one. God, I don't ever want to crash. I want to go glory to glory. Don't let me crash. Don't let me crash. Don't let me crash. And I've kind of stopped doing that. And that's sad to me. But I was so, and, and I'm more secure now, and I know who I am, and I know that we can go glory to glory, and, and maybe, maybe that's, I don't need to pray that every day. But what was good about it was it, it aligned my heart, right? It, that prayer, wasn't it wasn't about God doing something for me. It was about me aligning my g- heart with God. Right, remembering I don't ever want to crash. It was funny because there was one time, God didn't speak to me for like a week. And I went to this pastor and I go, I love this guy. Look, I love this guy and no one's perfect. And I say this because I will probably say something jacked to you sometime. <laughs> that, but it's not my heart and it was not his heart, Right. It was not his heart, and I love him, and and he he pastored me through me coming to faith, and it was amazing, right? But there was one point where I just felt like I'd pray and I wouldn't hear anything, and I went to my pastor, and I said, Pastor, I don't hear from God this week. And he goes, this is what I was telling you about, (laughs) Daniel. I reject that. But no, God was teaching me something. And it wasn't like a lesson. God was teaching me. I was, one of my prayers has always been, and it always will be, I want to love like you, God. And so at the end of that week, God finally spoke to me. This is a whole side note. But God finally spoke to me and said, you've been praying that you want to love like me, or the way I love. And I want to show you what it feels like to love but not be loved back. And then he supports me again. Praise God. But, but it's, it's that. It's aligning our hearts, right? I love how this it says in Luke 8, 17, consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. You might even say, like, consider carefully who you're listening to. God wants to reveal everything to you. And if he says something, he means it. So if you hear, did God really mean? Did God really say? Do you really think that you can't eat from that tree? <laughs> God means it the first time. We'll just get that straight. Like, he doesn't really change it. He doesn't change his mind. He's like, he doesn't try to trick you, right? And praise God, we have the Bible. If we have no root, if we have no root, if we don't, if we don't position our hearts, and, and that's what I really think it is. I think it's positioning our hearts. If we don't position our hearts to have listening hearts, I love how Brian Simmons says that, listening hearts, we give the enemy a foothold in. If our hearts aren't lined up, and, and this is something that some seasons we might need to work on more than others. Right? When we start feeling that disconnect, instead of saying, oh, it's just the end of my wave, the end of my fire, we go, God, you say in the Bible, glory to glory. (laughs) And it's aligning our hearts. It's recognizing that, that separation and aligning our hearts is when we have that separation, then that's when the, the weight of the world comes on us. So I came up with five things to be good soil. Five. There's probably more, but we're going to talk about five. So, so we need, the first thing I have, obviously, we need to position our hearts, right? I, I, when I came to be saved when I opened my heart, when my heart went from non-listening to listening, not because God ever wanted to trick me and make it so I didn't understand, but he, he realizes that we need to have listening hearts. Right? So that's number one. Number two, we need to stay in prayer. 1 Thess- Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray continually. Do you know how much that is? That's all the time. <laughs> that's like all the time. Pray continuously means never stop praying. Now, now we might not be praying like on the side of our bed, holding our hands together. If you want to pray like that, that's great. But, but what, what Paul's talking about in this letter is we need to stay connected with God. Jesus walked this earth and he was always connected with the Father. He was always connected with the Father. And that's what we need to do like he's here like he's here right now right and and i can i can know that and i i can recognize him and i can i can i can take a moment before i go into a building and wait till i feel the presence of god you you realize like we can feel the presence of god all the time not just at church but it takes us taking a moment to stop and recognize that he's there So when we're, when we're in continuous prayer with him, we are connected with him. We're one with him. And no lie the devil can tell me when I'm connected with the Father will ever stand a chance. So when we start, when we start believing some of that stuff, we need to realize, like, wait a minute. I need to position my heart, and I need to get in prayer, and I need to ask for his presence. He's already there, but but we ask for his presence to be known to us, yeah? Three, stay in the word. We've been blessed with the Bible. And yes, you can have a relationship with God without the Bible, but guess what? We have the Bible. (laughs) And if you truly love God with all your mind, which is part of it, you're going to read the Bible. Because the Bible is what speaks truth. When the devil questioned Jesus about if you're the son of God, what did did Jesus do? He read scripture. He knew the word. We get to learn so much about Jesus. We get to learn so much about God from the Bible. And we are blessed. You know, most of Christianity never had the Bible. Most. The majority of people that are Christians uh, forever did not were not blessed to have a Bible. So you're blessed, so read it. You know, I I know people and, and I know some people don't like reading and sometimes but I just want to say it's like I'll listen to the Bible. I mean, I read the Bible, but I'll listen to it. There's even a Bible TV series that you can get. You can watch the Bible. You can listen to the Bible. You can read the Bible. We don't have any reason not to. Four, be planted in a church. It might not be this church, and I'm totally okay if if this is not the church for you. But you have to be planted in a church. Not just because you have to be part of a church, not because Jesus is going to be checking your church membership on the gates to heaven, but because when the weight of the world is on us telling us lies because they don't have listening hearts, we need a place to retreat to. We need each other. Like, I can't do this without you. I can't. Because I need people that believe this crazy thing. Because the rest of the world thinks I'm crazy. And I'm okay with it. But it, we as a church, because we are people, right? The church is people. We come together to build each other up and strengthen each other and say, yes, this is what's truth. This is what's real. That's lies. What the world is saying is lies. What we believe here is truth. Because I don't care who you are. If I hang out with the world too long, I start looking like the world. You do. I, I used to, I honestly, like, I, I talk to a lot of people about my faith. And I've heard lots of people say, you know, I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus, but I don't go to church, and it's not about church. And I used to say, you know what? It's not about church. You're right. It's about Jesus. Just have a relationship with him. But it is about church, and Jesus made it about church. The church is the bride of Jesus, right? And and it's important because I don't know, and I, I actually don't believe you can ha- walk a true Christian life unless you're surrounded with other people that have the same faith, that are going to build you up. I mean, I'm talking like really plant yourself in a church. Because, because sometimes we just kind of show up. I'm not saying attend a church, I'm saying like like, so in, not just financially, but, but like help the pastor cut communion bread. <laughs> Be part of it because it's about being part of a family, right? And, and look, the church has messed up a lot of people. The church has messed up a lot of people, and I recognize that but I also see people tiptoeing around this church. I'm just gonna get real for a moment. I see people that wanna be part, but they only get close enough. Right, and, and, and it's, I realize it's because people have been hurt in the past by church. And I wanna stand up here and say I'm sorry for whatever anyone has done to you. I'm sorry for whatever I do. But that's not the point. Like, I can't help what someone else did to you. We can't help what someone else did to you. Because I know a lot of people have been hurt by the church, but I know the church is important. And if people are coming to this church carrying the hurt that they had from other churches, this relationship's not going to work. Because you're only going to allow yourself to get so close. I want to I I bring it up in a different way. I have a friend who his wife cheated on him and left him. And he is in a new relationship, and he shares his heart that he loves this person, and he wants to live the rest of his life with this person. But he's continuing to cheat on this person. And I hear his heart, and I know his heart is to be with her, right? But what I realize is when we get hurt, whether we realize it or not, we put up barriers in our lives. And, and I know that there, I really believe for him, he is subconsciously sabotaging this relationship because he's afraid that it's going to happen to him again. Are you guys following me? And, and I think the same thing happens at church or any relationship. If, if you're constantly being hurt by people and you start feeling close to someone, we actually sabotage that relationship. And I think that, that there's a big part of forgiveness there. It, it's about forgiveness and letting go and trusting what God says. And I'm not saying that we won't hurt you, but it's not going to be our intention, right? But, but to be in a relationship with anyone, I just want you to know this. like To be in a relationship with anyone, you got to let go of the past. For people that have been, get remarried, like, if you don't let go of the, the hurt from the past of your first marriage, it, you're carrying that same baggage into your new one. Any relationship. So that's, I totally went off the topic there, but that's, that's my heart. Like, I, I want people, I really believe that we're supposed to go deep, but it's hard to go deep if people are just kind of like tiptoeing in the water, Right? Holy, went off topic there we need each other i mean and that's my point like we we truly need each other number five we'll get past that number five return to the love you had at first right In, in revelations we read um and this was a letter written to the church of ephesus ephesus sorry Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. So many times, like, when we start feeling disconnected from God, we should think back to what we were doing when we felt really connected with him. You know, there, there was, there's things that we've all done. Like, there, there, was, there was devotional time that we'd had, and we felt close, and, and sometimes... We, we might still be walking the Christian walk and the talk, and, 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 but maybe we don't feel as close. And that's not okay. Because he wants to be close. And sometimes we have to just think back to where we were when we were at that prime relationship with him. Because I'll tell you, there's, there's distractions of the world. Right? There, there's, there's worries of the world, there's stresses. And trust me, like, if you guys think you've had a stressful season, huh, you have no idea. And it's hard when you're stressed. It's hard when you have a bunch going on and it's like, I need to spend time with the Lord, but I also need to rake up a million leaves, <laughs> or write a paper, or there's always something. But I'll tell you that our devotional time has got to be number one. We have to think about what it was when we were like the most in love with him and we felt the most connected and always revert back to that when you start feeling lost. No matter how busy you are. I'll tell you, it's funny because even though there's some days like I feel like I have no time to spend with him, when I spend time with him, somehow everything gets done. Right? Okay. <coughs> it's important for me that we all go all in. Michelle tells me today, she, she talked to me about being baptized. So we're gonna we're gonna get that set up. Uh, do you have a heater on your pool? Oh. Not only don't we have a heater, we don't even have water in the pool. Oh, that's that's gonna be rough. We're, gonna that, just, <laughs> we're we're gonna figure it out. But she goes because, and I loved what she said because she goes because I want to go all in. I don't want to have one foot in and one foot out. And that's about that's she's positioning her heart. For everything of God. Eddie, their position. Like, if you know their story, you should ask them their story. The transformation that they've had over the last six weeks is incredible. I feel like there's nothing that I we hasn't happened when we have prayed for Eddie. Like, he's like, oh, pray that I connect with my siblings. And two days later, oh, I talked to my brothers for the first time in... Ten years. Two days later, he had a hernia, like bulging hernia that went away under his hand. The first time he came in, hopefully, if you want me to stop, just say stop, Daniel. The first time he walked in here, he was on a walker. He couldn't walk. He didn't look, sorry Eddie, you didn't look very good. You know that. It's incredible to see what God does when we position our hearts with him. He wants to reveal everything to you. Everything. There's nothing. There's nothing that he's like, we're just going to wait for this one to get to heaven. I hear people say, like, I hear people say, I can't wait to get to heaven because I have all these questions for God. And he's going to, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven. He says he's going to reveal everything to you now. And if you don't understand, you don't have a listening heart. It's a process. And we might not be there yet. I'm not there yet. But as Heidi Baker says, we need to go deeper still. So I want to dive in that ocean. I want this church to be like deep in the ocean, drowning in the ocean, where there's no coming back. Because I think that it's kind of comfortable with our feet kind of in the water, splashing, because we know we could just step out. But what happens when we get so deep that there's no more stepping out? That it's either God's there with us or we're dead. That's where I want us to be. Who wants to go? Who wants to go deeper? deeper. Let me pray. Jesus, we want to go deeper still. We wanna go deeper still. Show us how. (laughs) I don't even know how to do this, God. (laughs) I don't know how to do this, so we need your help, God. Take us deeper, take us deeper. Remind us that you're with us always. Remind us to wait for your presence. God, I gotta be good soil, we gotta be good soil. This church has to be good soil. we can produce a harvest not just a hundred times but a hundred times 77 times (laughs) Jesus we love you so much and we're here for you and only you and so I'm not even asking I'm telling you we need this and your word says you'll give it to us so I ask reveal everything to us Help us have a listening heart. Bring us deeper still. Use us, God. We need more of you. If you feel like you want some prayer, if you if you want if you want to come up and just we can lay hands on you for more, come up. If you have a if you have a word from God, <laughs> if you feel like God's sharing something with you for the church, let me know and I'll give you a mic. I felt like I did. Please share. It
1: never occurred to me. I think it's. It was when Daniel asked the question, why did Jesus speak in parables? It's like it's not fair. It sounds like it's not fair. He's, he says, I'm speaking to one crowd in parables, but you know, to you are given the keys or the secrets of heaven. And I feel like the answer is Jesus' desire is that we all go deeper with him. He wanted every one of them mm. to come up afterwards and say, what did you mean? what did you mean? What did you mean? The invitation wasn't just to the 12, but it was the invitation were to all who yeah. wanted to go deeper, it was like, I want you to come deeper with me. Come and ask me the wise. And so that invitation is to us today in this place. Yeah. What, what, are, what are the wise, God? I don't understand, but he's saying, I want you closer. And guess what? By coming closer, you're going to understand.
0: Well, if you need prayer afterwards, um, feel free to get with someone. And if you feel like you're called to pray for someone, like if you're sitting here right now and you see someone and you go, I think I'm supposed to pray for this person, go ask them first, but, but pray for them. Remember, this is a safe place where we can practice hearing from God and, and we could practice praying for people and, and it's the time to practice. It's it's a time to to step out. It's a time to be bold. Bless you all. And we bless all those that didn't show up (laughs) today. Amen, you guys.